Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Disjolter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. What's up? Ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the prolific comer himself, Zilius. And do you know why this is a glorious Thursday, good sir? Because it's a Thursday. And because the Hawks decided to have the most epic of comebacks last night against the 76ers, where they epically collapsed. <laughs> the second largest comeback in NBA finals history. I mean, NBA playoff history. I mean, just because you're, you know, starting point guard can't actually shoot the ball, those shouldn't matter, right? You mean free throws. Uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, we've already, we you can check your box. Uh, do you see Rose's tail at uh, at any point during the show? We've already checked that box, okay? I would say we just start having, like, alt confusion bingo. I know. That's, that, uh, absolutely. Let's do it. Let's we'll see. Uh, Rose's uh, Rose tail, okay? Charlie uh, opens up a Funko Pop. <laughs> Charlie talks about a Funko Pop. No, okay, so ladies and gentlemen, this is, of course, the Thursday Night Hangout. There's a show, it's a weekly show where we try our best to cover the topics that are most important to you. Uh, and we'll tr if, if you haven't dropped a top, if you haven't submitted a topic yet, by all means, drop it in the chat. We'll try to add it to the show. And if we unfortunately run out of time, we will then add it to the next show. Mm. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be uh, kind of easy. I think, maybe, possibly. Ladies and gentlemen, Nintendo decided to go ahead and give their E3 lineup, and holy ballsack. There's some games. And like some big games. Yes, I mean, I'm talking I'm about the first, the first 2D Metroid game in 19 years. It's called Metroid Dread. It takes place after the dramatic events of the Metroid Fusion game, which is the um, the handheld one. Uh, the intergalactic bounty hunter, Samus Aran, must use a combo of new and classic moves to explore, survive, and fight her way through a new adventure. Is this like Dread, like Judge Dread Metroid yep. Dread? Or like a different Dread? Like she's now Judge Dread in the form of Metroid. That'd be kind of cool. Eh, you would, but I don't think I mean, that she's that's... got a big mask on. It's kind of the same thing. You know, it took me years to figure out that it was a chick under that armor. I only knew because of the cheat code of Samus Bailey. Yep. So, anyways, you have a brand new 2D Metroid game, which is when you when you look back in the history of video games, there are two, you know, like action platformer game two. 2D action platformer games that stand out have basically created its own genre, and that is Metroid and Castlevania. And so to get a true Metroid game into the mix, looks like... What about Contra? Yes. I would put Contra upper with the uh, 2D platformers. Oh, no, absolutely. But, but you don't say... You don't go Metroidvania. That's what I'm saying. Sure. You put... You know. Yeah, I mean, Metroid and Castlevania are still around, whereas it doesn't seem like there's been a whole lot of, um, oh my gosh, Contra. Contra. Yeah. Well, Contra was, I feel like Contra was more suited uh, for like the arcade. Hmm. I can see that. Because I mean, it's the same with like Metal Slug. Because it was kind of like quick stages, kind of like to the point. Whereas, like, with Castlevania or Metroid, you had to, like, figure out where the it's stages a, were. Like, there's a map. You could actually do stuff out, some stuff out of order. Well, I don't think you'd want to probably play Metroid in an arcade. No, God, no. 
No. That would be a lot of quarters. Well, you would also have to have like, you know, one of those fun little uh, uh, codes so that you could pick it up later. Be like, oh, it's uh, Samus Helmet, uh, Mother Brain, uh, Metroid. Uh, uh, well, I mean, they exist. That's how the cheat codes work for the game. Right. For the, I mean, remember, I mean, that's really dating yourself when you remember that's how you pick up your game on the next save. It wasn't because it's saved. It's because there were certain codes that would get you to that correct point in the game of where you were at. Yeah, man. I used to, I used to have, I don't have any more, but I used to have this piece of paper that had the code for the last level of bubble bubble just because I was, because I would, I would try to play and I'd get pretty far, but then I would just literally, I'd, I'd hit a wall and be like, F it. And I'd just take that piece of paper out and just jump to the end and still get my ass whooped. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so another uh, game that Nintendo has revealed is a sequel to a game that was very different, uh, but caught a lot, got a little bit of attention, and that is the Mario Rabbids uh, game, which is, it's like, the best I way I could describe it is if you were to take XCOM, but then switch out all like the military alien uh Units and put in Mario characters and rabid characters. Rabbit, of course, is from the uh, are the characters from the game, uh, the the game series Rayman. Okay, they're they're like ridiculous, goofy looking rabbits. Hmm. But anyways, there's a sequel, and it's called Mario Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Uh, the the you know the story behind the game a mysterious entity has plunged the galaxy into chaos and only an unlikely team of heroes can save the day to bring order back to the cosmos mario and friends team up with the rabbits and journey to mysterious ever surprising planets you'll need to outwit enemies with a combat system that mixes turn-based tactics and real-time action what kind of action real-time action Whoa! I know. Uh, so, I, I do have the 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 Mario Rabbids game, and actually, one of my sons has played it a couple times too. It's, I mean, you know, you 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 uh you travel to a specific spot, and then it goes like into a battle mode. It's like a battle arena. It's turn based. You have so many um so many movement points. Uh, you, of course, you've got to take into effect if if your enemies uh in cover out in the open you yep. could do some fun combos um which one of them is <clears throat> if you if an enemy's close enough you can run like basically you put your path to run right through them and so what they'll do is as as you approach the enemy they will slide into the enemy and pop this the do minimal damage to the enemy but still damage to the enemy and you can keep going and of course, you have a weapon. The weapon has range, and, and you know, it's it's XCOM. If you've ever yeah. played XCOM, no, if you yeah, have it, sounds like it. Yeah. I mean, if you've never played XCOM, it's basically your your turn based game. I there's an indie game I played like a long ass time ago. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it pay, plays like that. I mean, it's really just you know, it, it's it's a military ish game where you got two teams going up against each other. But the one difference between the Mario Rabbids game 
And XCOM is if you lose a character during one of the battles, that character could come back. And XCOM, your character dead. I mean, D-A-D dead. He ain't coming yeah. back. Nothing worse when you lose like your favorite character in battle. It's just that's why I, I stopped. That's why I stopped playing Fire Emblem. Mm. Because you know you're one and done. Yeah, that's rough. I, said, I can't take this stress. I put so much love into my character. I just can't lose them. I put so much time and energy into him. And what, the real kicker, I don't remember what game it was. I'm pretty sure most games will allow, will allow you to do this, but there are certain games out there where it's like, you know, you're, it's a tactics, turn-based tactics game. If you lose the character, the character's gone forever. But there are games out there that they take it one step further, and that is anything that's on that character's person is now gone. Oof. So, like, I pimped him out with the max stats from my sword and my armor and had, like, the super potions, and then apparently they self-combust. And now I have nothing to show for all of my work, basically. Exactly. So, uh, once upon a time, there was this crazy idea that Nintendo had that was like, let's do a bunch of crazy mini-games, and let's, let's put a theme of an unlikely Nintendo character and see where it goes. And that was how WarriorWare was born. And WarriorWare is getting a new one. Uh, Wario is back with a brand new collection of micro games. Sorry, not mini games, micro games to snack on in WarriorWare Get It Together! Coming exclusively to Nintendo Switch uh, September 10th. So one day before my son's birthday. Hmm, birthday present? Play as Wario and his crew as you survive quick-paced, kind of weird micro-games. And for the first time in the series, you can also bring a friend into madness via local or... Wait. What? Okay, that's, just, that's poorly written. It said, bring a friend into madness via local or local wireless play. Ah, that makes more sense. It does, but it's still, it's like... I, don't, I just... Whatever. Uh, each playable character has distinct abilities, so please uh, trust them all out. So basically, the best way I could describe more uh, WarriorWare is it really is a micro game. It's really like quick. It's and you're done. It's like it's it's kind of like those mini games uh, in Mario Party, but then you but then you cut the duration of the 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 time you'll be spending to about a third of what the Mario Party thing would be. And that's a micro level. And it's, it's, it could be something like, uh, uh, there could be a ball. It usually, you know, like Sprite poor, like ugly looking Sprite graphics, but it'd be like a ball coming down and you're, it's like a 2d, uh, thing. And you've got your little character running around the bottom. And basically what you're trying to do is trying to figure out where the ball is going to hit. So you don't get smashed by the ball. Yeah, I don't like getting smashed by the ball either. There's another one where you have to control an umbrella to keep you dry. Uh, uh, there's, you dry. Huh? You got to stay dry. Yeah, there's another one where um, you got to, uh, something's about to uh, blow up, so you got to jump at the right time, otherwise you'll die. I mean, it's really weird stuff. Just those kind of games, yeah. So anyways, a new Wario game is coming out. Um, I don't remember the... WarioWare has been like on most platforms, so I have it for the Wii. 
Mm. Uh, and with that one, of course, you got the motion controls. So you oh, had to yeah. wait. So you had you held your Wii mote, and you had to wait to the very last moment to plunge the uh, the detonator for the dynamite. Well, you should still be able to do that with the um, Joy Cons. You could. You could, but I'd rather not try to accidentally throw something at the floor. That, That's what they, the straps were for, man. Yeah, the straps. You have to actually put them on. I usually put them on because you know me. It would totally be released from my hand and break a TV. No, no, I'm just saying that I don't know where my straps are right now because my wow. my controllers are on the system. Or, or, or the Joy-Cons are on the system. Oh, for the Joy-Cons? Oh. Yeah, my Joy-Cons, I have no idea. That's exactly. Because, yeah, you're right. Mine are attached to my system also. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Anyways, so, but speaking of party games, Mario Party Superstars is coming. Mario Party Superstars is um, allows you and your friends to compete in five classic boards from back in the day. The Nintendo 64 era, to be exact. Dozens of mini games from the Mario Party series catalog are also returning, offering fun for longtime fans and new ones alike. All mini games are played with button controls, and all game modes work online for some long distance partying. So here's the thing: mm-hmm. I have there, there is there's already a Mario Party game out for the the Switch, and yeah. I got thoroughly pissed because. I thought, you know, I've, I've got I've got three controllers, and then I've also got the the two uh, Joy Cons. Mm-hmm. The the Mario Party game that's out right now on the Switch only allows you to play with the Joy Cons. Ah. So here I am thinking I got myself, you know, a family party game, and only two of us could play. That's annoying. Yeah. yeah I'm like, wow, we're a family of four. I've got, you know, basically, you know, you. I've got the little holder to put the Joy-Cons in, so that's a controller, yep. plus these other three. That should be four. Nope, just... And it's only one Joy-Con per person. So you can't use the um, the actual, like, pro gamepad? Huh? You can't use the gamepad? Nope. Wow, that's terrible. Yeah, believe me. I know. Yeah. Because basically you have to register in. Yeah. And, and so it doesn't even recognize the, the controller. It only recognizes the Joy-Con. So anyways, uh, hopefully uh, Mario Party Superstars will actually take in that. I understand that you they want you to be like moving around and and whatnot, but there's there's um, a gyroscope in the the controller, so it's not Mm. it's not like they can't sense um, movement. Believe me, my sons have been playing a lot of Mario Tennis, and they haven't figured out that. You have to rotate the controller to aim this power shot into the court instead of into the the stands. I don't like any of the games I've actually played with the pro controller use the gyroscope. Uh, did you play any Zelda games? I have not. Okay, well, that's Zelda. Zelda is definitely, especially um, the Hyrule Warriors. I do have um, Breath of the Wild. I just got recently on sale on the. Um, cartridge version so i do need to play that yeah well that that's gonna have the the um the hell would you talk about the gyro on the yeah it's gonna have that where uh when you're holding your arrow you can basically rotate the your controller and it will just you know 
Anyways, so a new super, uh, super, blah, blah, a new Mario Party game. Uh, now here's the one that, of course, everyone's going holy crap. I just, I, I just paid a little, uh, and that is, oh dear, another Pokemon game. This one's called Pokemon Unite. Pokemon's first strategic team battle game, Pokemon Unite, will release this July 2021 uh, on Nintendo Switch systems and this September on mobile devices. Oh. Pokemon Unite will be... F- I I love this, this, this new phrase that they've coined. Will be free to start with optional in-game purchases available. Mm. Cross-platform play between Nintendo Switch and mobile devices is planned, which will allow players on both platforms to battle together. Additionally, players may use their Pokemon Trainer Club account or Nintendo account on both Nintendo Switch and mobile to easily keep their progress synced between devices. Fancy. That last part, I wish like every single freaking game that that is on multi-platforms would follow cross-platform play. Mm. I mean, look, I understand if you're, if you're trying to do, I understand that, that some people don't want to do like cross-platform. If it goes from my PC to console, fine. Or, uh, if, if it goes PC to mobile or Mm. console to mobile, but if, if it's, if it's on a bunch of different consoles, Oh, it also depends on the game. I mean, I'm. Uh, there's the most part Pokemon. I'm fine with. I well, would I mean, think. The, not it was. It wasn't too too long ago that the only way that you could play Pokemon was on uh, a handheld, uh, the sure. DS, or the 3DS. But now you know it, you can play some sort of Pokemon on your phone or your mobile device, a tablet, uh, and of course the Switch. So I mean, it, they've already put that stuff out there, but it's just really refreshing to not only do you have cross-platform play, but you have the ability to sync your progress between devices. Oh, that is nice. Yeah, I agree. Holy shit balls. It, the, I, I understand. This is, this, is, this is what pisses me off about uh, online always. You have to be online to play this game if it's a single-player game. However... If you play the same game, which of course has to be online always for whatever console you're on, there's no, you know, you can't link them together. That is annoying. There are certain, there are certain games or certain companies out there that I will buy their game onto basically every single platform. But there's also those games that I end up, you know, playing a bunch on like, let's say the PC. But then I start playing on the Switch. I'm like, holy shit, it, it feels so much better on the Switch. I can't, you know, I can't transfer it over. I have to start from scratch. It would be amazing to be able to be like, okay, sync it. But anyway. think you're getting that great game experience again. Oh, Double the awesomeness. Mm, yeah, mm. something like that. Eh, I'm trying. All right, so uh, there's a couple other games that are coming out. Oh, um... Uh, well, there, there's a new character coming out for uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate. I can't remember what the guy's name is off the top of my head, uh, but he's from another fighting game. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, his name is Kazuya. 
And he is what from... You? Sounds like he just sneezed. Kazuya! Gesundheit. Si, senor. Yeah. I love... I love. This is the new guy. Where is he from? I don't know. Still more. He's around. Kazuya Tekken. Is the te I mean, they they've got let's see, uh, King of Fighters and Street Fighter. So, yeah, a uh, a Tekken fighter fits. I mean, yeah. But the but there's um there's a bunch of games that have more like Japanese uh, themed games. Not Japanese themed games, but games that have really taken off in Japan, but really haven't made the Nintendo uh, progression. I would say there's uh, Shimigami Tensai, which I'm trying to remember. Shimigami, I think they were all in PlayStation when I played it. Fatal Frame. Um, I recognize that name at least. Fatal Frame's a messed up like horror game. Uh, and, and Shimagai Tenchai is basically it's about demons that it's an RPG. It's uh it's basically well, technically it is persona, but it's not persona, but it is persona. Is uh, it or isn't it? I'm so confused. I think there's a crossover between the two. I could be totally wrong, ladies and gentlemen, out there if, if you want to correct me. Hmm. game. Is it or is it not? It could be either, it could not it could be. be either. And then there's another one called Dangan Danganronpa which I'm sure I just butchered the shit out of that. And that is uh, the popular board game uh, is now in its own standalone game. Play with an all-star lineup of characters from each Dan Ronpa game to gather hope fragments, defeat bosses, and move on to the next island. It'll be coming out later this year. Uh, Fatal Frame will be... Uh, looks like this one... The, okay, Fatal Frame. The mysterious Mount Hikami has become the center of many disappearances. Armed with the powerful camera obscura and the ability to see shadows, the shadows of those spirit, spirit away, you'll defend yourself against fatal ghosts and explore the sinister locales where unspeakable rituals were performed. It's supposed to come out later this year. I hate more than a fatal ghost. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I think I think you see the world basically through you. The only way you can see the spirits is through your camera. Mm. So you'll be running around going, "Oh, what's that?" And you're gonna be like, "Camera." Actually, you know, I think that's one of the specials in uh, uh, Smash Brothers. Is um, uh, there's there's like these uh, containers that you could break, and it gives you like a random character, or a random thing from a game. Like sometimes it's uh, Knuckles. Uh, from Sonic, but there's one I swear it's got to be Fatal Frame because there's this. Basically, you see this like eerie camera being take uh, pictures being taken, and if you get caught in it, then you take damage. That's crazy. Yes. So, um, I I I gotta say that um, looks like Nintendo's already punching everyone in the nuts. That's what it looks like. I mean, another amazing list of games. Oh, well, they, they've got uh, Life is Strange one. coming. Hmm? You haven't announced the biggest one of them all. Go for it, Zeus. I assume they're saving it for last. Go for it, Zeus. Breath of the Wild, number two. 
has been announced. You got to see the video. Uh, it, well, no, it's like, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's with the full flying and free form. And yeah, yeah. like I, I, I can't give it justice because That's, you really got to just watch the, the, the thing and go and just go, damn it. We figure how much critically acclaimed people loved Breath of the Wild, I'll call it one. Yeah. And I mean, it's one thing Nintendo does is they don't really create bad games. So you'd expect True. that Breath of the Wild 2 is, again, going to be super epic awesome. True. Right? Um, so if there's a franchise that's going to live up to those expectations, it is kind of Zelda. I'm trying. I'm. I'm. I'm now going through my my mind here, and I'm trying to think of the, all the games in the Zelda franchise. I'm trying to think if there was one that I was like, "Oh God, it's terrible," but I. I uh, I'm gonna have to pull up the list because I, I can't think. I know that some people had an issue with um. Uh, the. The Wii version. Legend of Zelda, Zelda Two, Link of Adventure of Link. The Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. The Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening. Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Legend of Zelda, Mahora's Mask. Legend of Zelda, Oracle of the Seasons. Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Ages. Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past and Four Swords. Legend of Zelda, Link Walker. They need to do that again. They need to do another Four Swords. That was amazing. Let's see here. Legend of Zelda, the Minish Cap? I don't even recognize that one. Which one? Legend of Zelda, the Minish Cap? Oh, yep, yep, yep. Uh, uh, handheld. I never heard that one. That's a handheld. Uh, Legend of Zelda, Twilight Princess. Legend of Zelda, Phantom Hourglass. The Legend of Zelda, Spirit Tracks. That was Ooh. weird. The Legend of Zelda, Skyward Sword. Legend yep. of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. Legend of Zelda, The Triforce Heroes. Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. And that's all that's on Wikipedia right now. Yeah. And, there's, and then there's a whole separate list of remakes I won't read. So let's see here. I, I want to say. Of course, then you have the spin. Oh. I'm not going to read either. Well, there. I mean, there's a lot of people who who have a problem. It, it's not the the game. It's the actual graphics of um, uh, Wind Waker. A lot of mm. people did not like that cell shading. Uh, uh, I, of course, fell for the freaking uh, April Fool's joke where back in the day, uh, ladies and gentlemen, there was these things that would come in the mail. It's that box outside your house where a bunch of crap goes. But there used to be these things called magazines. They were physical, like pieces of paper that were all glued together uh, at one side. You could open it up and, and read. There were words and pictures inside. Um, I'm trying to remember what the hell the name of the, the the magazine was, but the magazine got me good. There was there was an April Fool's joke, and I did, of course. This was, uh, it basically said, um, due to popular demand, a reimagining of the Wind Waker with like some other set of graphics, uh, no, no cell shading. And so I ran to EB Games. I was like, man, I want to put some money down this. And they're like, the hell are you talking about? I said, man, they just, just announced. They're like, what? I have no idea what you're talking about. And I brought the magazine and I'm like, look, it's right there. And he goes, dude. Release date says April 1st. I was like, mm. you son of a bitch! Mm. It's actually story. But anyways. Um, and of course, Twilight Princess 
is the game that I had the um, the uh, pre-order receipt on my corkboard for to get it on the GameCube, and it went. It took so long that it ended up coming out on the Wii, <laughs> and I had to. And but by the time it was actually going to come out on the Wii, I was no longer going to be in Orlando. So I had to cancel that pre-order and just buy another game. Err. A rough life of gamers. Yes. Yes. So anyways, Zelda, you can't go wrong. I mean, I'm, yeah, you, you can't go wrong. You really can't. I'm looking over the, the scores that, that, um, that, you know, the games made here. Uh, see, yeah, it's fantastic. I got it. Um, there you go. Um, shit, what was I saying? Um, all the Zelda games are like 90s. The only one that did not get like mid 80s or above was Triforce Heroes. But it's such a cool name. It's Triforce, man. Yeah. Did you play Triforce Heroes? No, this was on the 3DS. Mm. I don't think I ever actually picked up any of the. It kind of looks like uh, Legend of the Four Swords, but I don't think it worked just like that. I don't know. Anyways, so, you know, Nintendo's kicking ass, taking names, and ain't nothing anyone could do about it. Well, the one thing I thought was interesting is mm -hmm. everybody thought that they were basically going to announce the HD um, Switch. Yep. Which, apparently not. Um, not yet. <laughs> well, this is true. There's still time. Yeah. Um, but again, though, if they're going to do the HD Switch for Christmas season, mm -hmm. it actually kind of needs to be announced relatively soon. You would think. But this is Nintendo, and they can literally get away with Whatever. They do pretty much however they damn well please. This is a true fact. <laughs> um, I know this was uh, this is a, about beginning of the week. There was also a, a big reveal trailer for the Outer Worlds two. Oh yeah. Uh, which I'm like, okay, they they've please tell me if they have learned, uh, and figure out all the the hiccups and bumps that they went through to get the outer worlds to where it was, then I'm all in. I could not get into the outer worlds. It just, it didn't. It's an open world game, Zelius. I know. It just didn't do it for me. I tried. I tried. I mean, I look, there's a better chance that Zelius would be able to get into the outer worlds than there would have been Zelius getting into No Man's Sky. Oh, yeah. I did not even touch No Man's Sky. You'd be like, uh, so I have to do what? I have how many quest logs? I have how many things I can do? I have to pick stuff up. No. I, I don't have, I've got to do more than just kill things. Where is my attack button? That's all I care about in life. Now, of course, about a week ago, uh, there was the EA, uh, EA getting e hacked. Oh, yeah. 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 60, oh. 680 gigs. Of of stuff, man. That's a lot of data, man. Was it? It was source code, right? Why is, is everybody? It? I mean, what did did 
did all the big name companies just decide to you know put like a, a an e sticky note on their folder that holds all their their um, source code? Because this is like what the second or third time this year that that some big company got their source code stolen. I mean, that's the thing with everything being so online and so ubiquitous is easier than ever. I mean, everything is more available to the web interfaces than ever. So everything is also, it seems like it's much more susceptible to also being taken over, taken down, taken out to the woodshed. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so part of the source code that they stole, uh, was frostbite. Uh, frostbite is their game engine, Mm. which that could, that right there is worth a shit ton of money. That's probably the one thing they actually like cared about. Well, basically, you know, it, it's like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think there, there might be a dev kit for, for Frostbite. I don't think so. But you know, there's there are a bunch of different um, uh, gaming engines that you can have at for free, or you pay like a small fee. But Frostbite, I mean, it's it's not like crisis level, but still. It's just got a lot of, you know, power under the hood. I mean, I don't see like an obvious game to I'm on their website. I don't see anything mm. obvious about it because they're all EA games. It's like the Madden, Star Wars. Oh, yeah. It's, it's all the internal stuff. I mean, like FIFA. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, actually, Sam, if he was in the audience right now, would tell us, you know, how amazing the Frostbite engine is for Battlefield. Yeah, but it's not like uh, you know Unity or Unreal, where it's meant for other people to develop. Right. Yeah. It's pro- uh, Frostbite's probably more likely an internal tool. Yep. Um, actually, I'll figure that out right now. Um, I don't see anything about like not being a externally, but apparently it brings the power of Frostbite to the Nintendo Switch with Plants vs Zombies. Uh, the game engine was originally employed for Battlefield. Uh, to date, this this game engine has been exclusive to games published by EA. They have a lot of job openings for it. I bet C plus plus is C sharp. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I kind of know C sharp. What do you think, man? Should I apply? I know it's a plus plus or something. Like. I know C is the third letter in the alphabet. Does that count for anything? Okay, so question. This is for Zealas and, you know, everyone else out there. If you, let's say that you got like, you know, this pimping ass game engine per se, you know, um, and like a game that, a game comes out, it just absolutely sucks balls. Okay. Do you really want people to like, connect the dots between this amazing system and this suck balls game. I don't think it really matters, honestly, because I think in the grand scheme of things, people who actually care about the game engine that a game is developed on Mm -hmm. is the super minority. Like 0.5% of the actual gaming audience is going to actually give a rat's behind Mm -hmm. about the development engine of a game. 
Um, I mean, now you see games like developed with Unity, developed with, you know, Frostbite, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a cool thing that you can say is that, but I think for the most part, like, once you get into the game, nobody's going to actually care what game engine was actually used to create the game. Uh, Unless it's just, just absolute shit and you'll be like, man, someone well, took the, the money around. Well, if the game is shit, yeah, then it doesn't matter what the engine is. I mean, look at Frostbite, right? You have some games that we could be like, man, that's a terrible, stupid game. But then some games like... Um, I wonder how much it costs. Well, I mean, it's it's all for... The, the thing is, this is all f- uh, for games published by EA. So Battlefront, which is actually a good game, or Mirror's Edge, that like, yeah, those are good games. Right, but I'm just saying that, that because of the way that it's the way that it's structured, EA's got to sign off on you. Uh, they've EA's got to become your publisher before you have access to this graphics engine. So you oh, can kind yeah. of, you know, you can uh, invite them in to the walled garden. It's got that door. Um, I do find it funny though, that Anthem is still on their list of frostbite games. Yep. Well, um, there's a game on there that, um, that was supposed to come out from Bioware called Shadow Realms. Oh, I remember that name. Yeah. Yeah. That. Oh, you can actually still download Anthem. How exciting! Yeah, and Mass Effect Andromeda was uh, Frostbite. But yeah, I mean, <sighs> shit. I, all I, I mean, as a as a as a developer, a past developer, and and knowing, you know some of the behind the scenes stuff to get your hands on the code for a graphics engine. It's like finding gold. I mean, it really is. Mm. Cause to be honest with you, if you have a shitty graphics engine, no matter how awesome your game is, it's not going to run well. Well, I guess we'll see what comes of it. I mean, you know, what is going to come of their, source code being uh, pilfered, will anything actually come of that? I mean, I, have they are they holding it um, ransom like they did for us? Uh, damn it. Uh, more, bit, more Bitcoin uh, hostages? Yeah. With the ransomware? I don't know. Couldn't begin to tell you. Well, that's, I mean, that's what happened with the pipeline. Yeah. Yeah. EA breach was not a ransomware attack. Mm, it was just a breach. Somebody just, I guess, muscled their way in. You got to take this stuff seriously, man. Got to protect yourself. Or something. That's uh, why uh, sysops for security specifically get paid so much money is to try to prevent stuff like this from happening. So, one's gotta, so, so one person's got to think, how do I get that job? And mm-hmm. how do I basically duck out right before this shit hits the fan? Because this is, we are, everything that's around us right now, we are a reactive society. We're not proactive. It's not like, we're going to make sure everything is super secure. It's like, this is secure enough until it's not. And then we'll try to fix it. Well, it's also, I mean, you look at companies Mm -hmm. and like, I think it'd be a good point though. It's reactive. 
So it's like if my stuff is not actively being hacked right now or ransomware, what do I need to pay these 10 security gurus for at $200,000 a person a year? So why am I paying $2 million plus benefits? I mean, that's the conundrum of IT. Right. If everything is working perfectly, it's like, you don't need what them. are I paying you for, man? You're not doing anything. But we all know, I mean, that's, we, we work in IT, we see it where, well, okay, let's lay off all but one person and all of a sudden it all goes to hell because those people were preventing that from happening in the first place or keeping it nice and smooth. And now there's going to be a reaction. We're like, well, we just got hacked. Guess we need to hire 20 people to fix it. Whereas, of course, the irony is in the long run, if they just kept that status quo, um, set up from the beginning, you'd probably actually save money in the long run by just doing it all correctly. But, you know, you get people come in and they have to save, you know, 2% of your profits for one year. Right. Um, and end up eating up into it in the long run. So it's always that catch of, you know, we see that all the time. And it's not just IT, it's just in general, you know, you cut, save, you cut costs for that short-term savings to properly in the long run. Yeah, I mean, it, it, as for for the position that I work, uh, I'm I'm basically it. My my title, uh, if you look me up on uh, LinkedIn, is uh, Quality Assurance Analyst Two. But I'm actually more of like a compliance and accessibility uh, type of person, and it is. I mean it. The vast majority, and I actually just listened to a, um, I was listening to a webinar the other day talking about the increase in uh, ADA, that's Americans, Disabil Americans with Disability Act, uh, the number of ADA uh, lawsuits pertaining to uh, mobile um, navigation of mm -hmm. apps and websites. They're, they're expecting like 4,000 this year which is humongous. I know it doesn't sound like that big, but we're talking about 4,000 mass lawsuits. So you're talking, you know, there's probably a couple thousand, couple 10,000 people attached to each lawsuit. And you're talking- So they're anything. class action lawsuits. Huh? So they're class action yeah. lawsuits. We're talking like Winn-Dixie uh, and basically, you know- um, Winn-Dixie, man. Now you're throwing out the old school names. Well, I'm just saying as an example, because I know that Winn-Dixie, I think Winn- I think it's Win Dixie is is like in a lot of hot water in. Um, is Win Dixie still around? Yeah, just not wow. in not in the South. Uh, it's it's Publix in. Well, no, actually, if you go outside Atlanta, uh, it's not just Publix and Kroger. I mean, you can go to Bilo. Bilo, wow. Mm -hmm. mm. I trying not to date ourselves anymore, okay? Because I was about to be like, well, I went to Bruno's the other day. You can go to all uh, far more. Jesus. Anyways, uh, so yeah, this unfortunately, I mean, remember back a couple of years where uh, Sony got hacked not once but twice. Oh yeah, and all their customer information was stolen. I mean, it's. I I mean I understand that you know you're you're trying to save money and so by. If if the person's not actively doing stuff, you, you want to release them, but you got to have a fallback plan. 
Holy well, crap, dude. You need to have something set up. We all know that costs money. But the problem is that when something happens, it's not an easy fix. It's it's basically like you have someone build a wall and then everything's fine. Then one day the wall springs a leak, but you don't really see it until it's gushing water. And then you can't just, you know, like put spackle over it and, and call it a day. You got to rebuild the whole damn thing. I can't just spackle my IT infrastructure overnight. Well, what you do is you make everything public and then you walk away. And then you just ch mod seven 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 everything, so everyone has access to everything. It makes it very simple. Mm -hmm. And then you f disk right at the end, just to piss everyone off. Like I gave you full access. F disk. Is it a pseudo f disk? No, no. Just f disk. Uh, yeah. What was it? Um, what was the? Com I'm gonna have to look up the command now. Uh, don't create, delete, or modify partitions unless you know what you're doing. <laughs> I love the exclaimer. <laughs> Anyways. Um, oh, pseudo. Jesus. Yep, that'll do it. Um, you don't need anything. Nope. Uh, so you may have noticed I, I, I finished Mass Effect, uh, the legendary. Good um, lord. Dude, I like I got I put some hours in. Look, man, I I yeah, I, I did like over a hundred hours easy. And, and I just got I mean, I got locked in and I, I think what really here here's here's the beauty and the danger of being able to get a, a like a, a a collection is that the beauty is that if it's a game that continues along the line, you could continue through the different versions. But the problem is that once you finish one game, you can immediately continue on to the next game. Which means you have to. Well, I mean, the thing is, you got to know where the story is going to go next. It's like it's it's basically the same thing as binging a, a show. You want you don't want to. I mean, you know, back in the old days where you got one uh, one episode a week for I don't know twenty. 20 weeks out of the year and then you take a little break get some reruns and then you do it again so you know, what's what ending did you choose what ending did i choose yeah none of them none of them Ooh, look at you and that's actually an ending i know yep yep you're a madman sir you are a madman i know I did. I. Do you I think that was the authentic ending for your shepherd was the lack of an ending. Okay, I mean, so I here's, ending, here, yeah. here's 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 the. This was my. I understand there was this huge like. Oh my god, this ending sucks. There's only three ways to end the game. Oh my god, screw it. Look, actually, I think original. No, there was always three. I think right, two, three. Let's start. No, there was three to start with. Okay, so anyways, look. Here's the deal. And this, and I've explained this like so many times, but when, when you live your life, you are born, that's point one, and You're you have your death, life. and you have your death, point two, okay? Lots of random shit happens between point one and point two. It's very unique, never duplicated, but it's all going to end in the exact same place. How you got there, could be very different 
Who you said we're predestined to end in the same place no matter the actions we take in our life. You're going to end up dead. Sorry, Zelius. Oh. oh. But that's, I was like, what What do you want? Like, they're trying to end the game. They're trying to end the series. They're trying to give you an ending. They gave you an ending. It's not some random ass, like, uh, what? You know what's ironic? Is I hmm. feel like it actually would have had less controversy if, we'll just say there's still three possible endings, right? Yep, yep. If, depending on the decisions you made up to that final part, mm -hmm. if the ending was basically made for you. Kind of like some of the other Bioware games have done. That's what Heavy Rain did. What? It's what Heavy Rain did. Yeah, like, but you know what I'm saying? Based on the decisions you have made, mm -hmm. it's like you have these different possible endings. I feel like there actually would have been less controversy if, like, let's just say if you're Renegade, if you're Paragon, or in between, mm -hmm. you would have got those three endings. Would have actually been less controversial than there was because of the fact you had to choose yourself. Uh, I think that's, 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 I mean, that's the, the, the cherry on top. You could have been an asshole the entire game, but you could have that last yeah. change of, of heart that I, the, well, at the end of the day, any game that I put a shit ton of time in, uh, if I feel satisfied of where the game ended, I'm good. It it might it might just be you know, it could be as simple as, uh, you're you're hired as a super soldier and you kill a bunch of aliens, you go to different places, somehow you survive, and then as you're going into the last bunker, kaboom, you're probably dead. Who knows? That's I was, I was fine with the ending. I mean, it's like, how many possible endings? I guess did you really, like, what is it people actually didn't like? Like, and I also thought it was cool because. I didn't feel like any of the endings were like, so a lot of choices you made in the game were obviously Renegade or Paragon, right? But I feel well, like for, the for the first two, the third one though, they snuck shit in. Like they didn't even do like the red or the blue because red or blue basically tells you if it's going to be Paragon yeah. or if it's going to be uh, Renegade. There was some that there was no color to them. And then you would like finish the conversation like, oh, you got two points of renegade. You're like, what did I do? Well, you know what? All right, fine, yeah. But I kind of feel like that's how the ending was. Like yeah. none of the endings were purely evil or good. Yep. Because it's all based on what happened to the Reapers. And so based on that, I'm like, I wouldn't consider any of those endings because like you gotta have like a whole like morality debate on like, was it good that you basically took over the Reapers to control the humanity for all of mankind? Well, some may have actually considered Spoilers! that a virtue of Paragon, where some people may have thought that was Renegade. And so depending on how you interpret that, gives you a very different... Inter so I was fine with the endings. I never really had an issue with them. All right, My guys. only problem I have with the endings is it wasn't like always obvious that you're choosing an ending. Um, like I know some people like shot some stuff at the end that caused an ending and they had no idea that was going to happen. So I would say that'd be my one thing I would say. It was not always clear that you were actually choosing something at the end. It was a little bit of like, whoa, wait, what? Huh? What just actually happened? But that's also why I saved about every 18 seconds in the game. The beautiful, the, the best perfect thing about Mass Effect 3 was it 
auto-saved like a motherfucker. The first Mass Effect did not. I can't tell you how. I mean, yeah, there there was like a, there might be like an auto-save once in a blue moon. But it wasn't often. It would be like, you know, you, you completed this part of the main quest. Save. You do a bunch of side quests. You die on some planet. You have to go back. All those side quests are, are now undone because it only does the, the autosave off of the, uh, the main quest. I'm one of those where each of them, I probably had over 100 saves in each of the game. Okay, so okay, look, speaking of saves, this is something that, that kind of bugged me. If I'm saving, okay, so you know, like usually what a lot of games do, if they if you're not going to name your save, it basically gives you like a slot one, slot two, yeah. and then yeah. it gives you like a date and a time, or you know, basically uh, a date and the amount of hours you've put into the game. In Mass Effect, in a lot of these games, when you select the save file that you've already created and you've hit save, like, would you like to overwrite the save? I say yes. The save name increments. Yep. Why? I actually liked that. Because I hate that. I'm like, I'm using the same thing save. No, I thought it was cool because I could see how many times, especially in a choice-based game, made it very obvious for between every choice that I saved the game. So I thought it was kind of fun to see, like, by the end of it, I have, like, 184 saves. I'm like, okay, maybe I was a little bit obsessive. All right, Zelius, how do you get that high? Okay. Well, I, I was in. I was in the. Uh, I was in the 40s. No, I because I tried to go either 100% renegade or 100% paragon. Oh Jesus! Like, I, I could never do that. The wrong decision. I'd be like, well, load the game. You're insane. That I would never do. Look, you're. This is this you're is so mind blowing. This is so fucking mind blowing. Zelius oh, is never oh. like the the perfectionist, the completionist, and yet he's trying to get one hundred percent renegade, one hundred percent paragon. Yet he can't survive in an open world game. Like I didn't say there's a whole lot of logic to the way I do these things. Okay. <laughs> Fine, touche. No, I, um, you know, so. Said Zelius gave away one of the endings, uh, which of course is you take over the Reapers. Um, one of the other endings that you could potentially have is basically, uh, kill everything that's got synthetics in it, which means mm. that some, some humans and other species will die as well because they're the, there's no actual code to discriminate between Reapers and everybody else. Um, there's another one, there's another ending, which basically makes the perfect melding of uh, uh, synthetics and organics and everyone lives happily ever after. That's three mm -hmm. of the endings. The fourth one is you don't do shit. You have to worry you blow it up. No. I thought there was one where like you blew everything up basically. Uh, I think when you, I think you, you blow it up if you do the, um, the 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 melding of the synthetics and the humans because ah. your DNA basically just like your whole body just goes and then your your you know character juices and chemicals shoot across the galaxy. That sounds disgusting. Everyone is now shepherd. Everyone's got a little shepherd in them. All right. Speaking of which, I uh, 
uh, I play as a the male version of Shepard, and mm-hmm. I had a romantic uh, encounter with Liara. Um, oh. In the first one, uh, Miranda in the second one, and I wrapped up with Liara one more time in the third. Go back to the original, the OEG. Yeah. Of course, good bit. I forget there's one of them that will kill you. Oh, there's a there's an Asari that will kill you. Yeah. yeah. That's Samara's uh, daughter. See, it's fresh in my mind, so I could tell you. It's like Morinth or something. Too, a little too much something something. Well, there's there's an Asari. There's like there's like an like a cursed version of Asari that basically when Asaris and other species, you know, get together, there's like this uh, kind of like uh, blurring of the lines. Like you become them, they become you, you share the experience. But with these specific types of Asaris, they basically suck your soul out and leave mm-hmm. you as a, a dead hu- uh, husk. Basically a succubus. Yeah, basically, yeah, exactly. Yeah. By any other name, it's a succubus. Um... Let's see here. Ladies and gentlemen, let me do a, a quick little shout out here uh, before I forget. Because uh, I wanted, I definitely want to give some love and support to uh, a couple of the friends of the show. So Uno Momentos, Porf Ivers. And I will try to pull up the notes if I can remember where the hell I put them. Uh, but we're going to start off with the Indie Cluster. So without further ado... The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want more information, go to IndieCluster, all one word, dot com. As it says in chat. Yes. But just in case you're listening to this in audio format, it is I-N-D-I-E-C-L-U-S-T-E-R dot com. And then the other shout out we have to give is to the one and only Dr. Ryan of Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want more information, go to Hero Chiropractic, all one word, dot com. And then one quick little uh, one more thing here, because, ladies and gentlemen, I... I this this is very near and dear to Alter Confusion's heart, so I gotta do this once more. One uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, Alter Confusion is proud to say that we are uh, su- we're going to be doing a fundraising through Extra Life for ten for our tenth straight year. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best: game to help sick and injured children at 
our chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise through Extra Life will go directly to Children's Healthcare of Atlanta as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars you raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Alt Confusion, and you can donate today. Yes. I mean, it. I mean, I love the fact that I get to game and raise money for kids, especially when it comes to Children's Healthcare Atlanta. Because, like I've said in previous shows, uh, I've definitely spent my share there, and my. My sisters have, and so have my kids. So, it's an it's an amazing hospital, and you know they treat the kids awesome, amazingly. So, you know, any way that I can help them out. Uh, before I found out about Extra Life, I used to do um, the uh, the Penny Arcade um, Child's Play uh, for uh, Children's Healthcare Atlanta. But now it's a, instead of just you know donating off their their wish list, I'm actually raising money so definitely if, if you don't have the capacity to to donate to extra life but you want to be a part of extra life go to extra-life.org and you can sign up or you can find out all the information to see if it's something up your alley now i know that there's a lot of people out there uh who want to be in on this but they're like well i'm not really a, a video gamer per se that's okay extra life has a lot of pieces um uh, or options that are more like board games than card games. Uh, they just want you to game. That's basically it, it's it's basic people getting together to help raise funds. If you if you're not a, if you're not you know a super Xbox player, but you are like a crazy man when it comes to Arkham Horror, and you got a bunch of friends who are willing to uh, stream that while you play, there you go. That's your game. Everything in life is a game. What if you're leveling up your reading ability? Yes. Um, what if you're playing with a cat? Does that count? Maybe. I don't know. But speaking of reading, Zelius uh, recommended a series to me, which, of course, I'm now blinking out on. Uh, Brent Wink's The Lightbringer. Was it The Lightbringer? Mm-hmm. The one that's that's like... Uh, uh, the Prism? Yes, The Prism. Yes. Yep, that's Lightbringer series. All right, Lightbringer series. You got you got to check it out. I, I flew through the first... I think two books. Nice. And then I had They're to take pretty beefy books too. They're not like oh, yeah. short. No, no, no. I I, <laughs> I, I pounded through I pounded through like the first two. But at the same time, like, shit, this is messed up. Mm-hmm. It's oh. very complex. It's very Just, complex. Oh, it's it's definitely a series that's that does not hurt to read together because there is so much that goes on in between the books, but at the same time, like the whole volume's like large i mean yeah it's five books i don't know I, but it's either five or seven but uh, they're all good sized books I, either way it was it's so far it, it's an amazing series and, and i i can't complain um stuff. i mean i uh i decided just because i was also reading that other series uh that was kind of like light breeder um and i took a break from that to go to that one and then i was like well i'll just uh, I had a couple other books that looked interesting, so I jumped on to another book, um, and it was creepy as fuck. It's basically about uh, uh, 
the book I just finished because I had to finish it because I was afraid I was going to have nightmares. Um, the book that I finished, the story basically it centers around you have this genius programmer uh, who decides that they have the solution uh, to make a true AI. Mm. And so they uh, create this AI on a self-contained system. Mm-hmm. And the, the AI basically grows um, through like neural connections that are being made in, in the hard drive. Uh, hard, yeah, the hard drive. Then something goes wrong. Of course something goes wrong. What would be the fun if it didn't all go wrong? Yeah, exactly. There it is. Uh, uh, Brit Weeks, uh, the Lightbringer series. How many books are there? Uh, according to this, uh, does it actually say? Ah! Zealus has been attacked. Do, <laughs> well, do not two, fear. Three, four, five. Yep, five books. Okay. Um, now, if you like that, you should also check out his Night Angel series, which I've also read, which is also good stuff. Uh, and Very just, different. Very different, though. And just because since Zealus is throwing out all his stuff, I've got to put out... Um, let's see if I could get his um, series here. Uh, do 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 uh, the author's name is Will White, W-I-G-H-T, and it's the his Cradle series. Uh, and he currently has, uh, let's see here, nine. Nine books for the series? Mm-hmm. Damn. And it's good. It's good. But just out of uh, if you were curious to... to uh, uh, to know what book I just finished reading. Let's see if I could find this damn thing. Secret artists follow a thousand paths of power used in their souls to control the forces of the natural world. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Damn it. Of course, I can't find. Okay, the, the author of the book I just read, his name is Scott Meyer. Uh, and I, he, he wrote a bunch of, um, really crazy books called, I think it's magic 2.0, which is hilarious. It's, it's basically if there is a world that's hidden inside a program that if you know how to get in there, you can actually, um, become part of it. Uh, but he, he wrote another did you ever read any Neil Stevenson? Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. The 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 book I finished was Run Program, about mm. what what can happen when artificial intelligence gets a mind of its own. Mm. That is the future. Yeah, for better or for worse. And since we're you know since we're naming authors, I, I have to you know I got to do a plug for our good friend uh, Dan Jolly. Uh, who, of course, wrote the Great Widow trilogy, which is a Maisbalt. And he also, I still need the sequel to his next book, which is The Storm, which is a messed up book, but it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, good. I love reading. But it anyway. makes the soul happy. Yes. I would agree, sir. But if you're looking for some fun sci-fi fantasy novels, hit up Zelius or I, and I will we will try to help you out. 
Oh, uh, I, have a, I have my full bookshelf, full books of different types. It could be romance. It could be bromance. It could be no romance. It could be just action with no development and just lots of shit going on. I have it all. You could it. So you got some um, Terry Brooks. Oh, oh, you mean like four thousand pages of going through the trees? Four thousand forty pages to to describe the intricate wood pattern in this table that has no relevance to the story whatsoever. Let me tell you the story about this single grain that that's going to go here. There's some action, but don't worry about it because. Because if you slide your hand across, you're going to get a splinter. But don't slide your hand across because you're going to get a splinter. So you don't want to do the splinter. But then there's this rosy smell in the air. You're just like, dear God, dude, just go somewhere. So I'll say a random tangent is that was a really big, for years, actually knock against basically the high fantasy series. Mm-hmm. It was basically authors. And believe me, that's not the only author who did this. Oh, thing, no, no. Was they would become basically so full of themselves it seemed like where they thought they're basically like Tolkien 2.0 um and I will say the one thing that I think that the whole big um young adult slash youth movement of books did mm-hmm. is it kind of forced and realized that like readers don't want to read to your point reading 40 pages about a splinter on a tree they yeah. kind of want to get straight to the point so I think in a way, fantasy series have gone a little bit back more towards, you know, you still have the high fantasy stuff, but it's a little bit more to the point, right? Right, yeah. It's more, let's actually have good pacing. I mean, that's probably the best way of putting it is, the pacing is much better now than I think it was years ago. In these, you still, I mean, go read some Brenton Weeks. He's got really cool, crazy stuff. You have um, Brandon Sanderson. Yeah, these authors are phenomenal authors, but I think the pacing is so much better than it was 20 or 30 years in these books. Agreed. Because they're not just going on name recognition alone. You know, it used to be Terry Brooks was a name, so people read Terry Brooks because that was like a known name in the fantasy series. Because uh, there weren't really a whole lot of options well, when we were growing up. I mean, think about it, it's like Dragonlance. You had um, Gamel. You had... Um, uh, what Wheel of Time. The, what? Wheel of Time. Wheel of Time. You had um, Magician. Master, mission, magi- um, it was the Magician series books where it's the Rift War saga. You had uh, Discworld. Yeah. So, I mean, you had a few of the really big series, but you didn't really have a whole lot. Whereas now you got so many choices mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where if somebody gets bored after the first book, they're just going to move on to something else. Agreed. Um, so I do like that, you know, the fantasy series, it's, you kind of read it. It's like, huh, is this young adult? And then you read it. It's like, oh, no, this is not young adult. Yeah. Um, but I like that books now. It seems like in the fantasy, they're not just sp- spending. It's like the actual of an editor, basically, who's like, yeah, you need to pare some of this shit down. I'm just going to do a quick uh, couple of shout outs real quick to authors that I like. And I, I desperately need them to write more shit. Uh, the first one, of course, is Louis Puster III, uh, the Ukamog, the Saga of Ukamog, which is a sword, by the way. Uh, I actually got, I actually got hit in the head by Ukamog and somehow survived. Um, then also, there's a uh, Derek A. Kamal who wrote the. Okay, this book is confusing. Okay, so Derek 
Kamal wrote a book called Homes, and it's based on this um, this basically pencil of paper RPG that he created. But the pencil of paper RPG created is based off the book Homes. So it's kind of like this weird cyclical, like there is no beginning, there's no end. It's it's one and the same, but it isn't. I'm like, oh my God. I'm so confused already. Yes. So uh, Dan Jolly, of course. And then let's do one more shout out. Let's go. Uh, oh, let's go with the, the newly made mama. Uh, that is, of course, uh, Kendra Souter and her uh, mini series that I own. Uh, I think the la- I think she's her and uh, Santiago are currently making the second book in um, yep in the Zombified series. Uh, the first one is the the Headhunter. Um, oh, and uh, John G. Hartness is the other author that we ran into a lot during when we used to be able to do conventions. Damn it. Mm. <laughs> I'm okay. Anyways, so ladies and gentlemen, I believe we've reached the end of our show. But before we go, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zelius, it's been a pleasure giving you everything come over our heads. I'm Allison, of course. Our hearts will be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother. 